Well, hello out there. I'm John, and I'm here with my wife, Laura. Hey, hey. And we're going to do another episode of Talk About That. Hi, everybody. We are coming to you from an exotic location, actually. We normally are in our studios, which is the nursing mother's room of church. So exotic. So today we've moved. We just couldn't make it over there time-wise, so we have moved uh, to our house. We are at our house right now. Just finished dinner. And it was, it was delicious. It was good. Big, Big shout out. Grammy on the yes, soup. shout out to Grammy for bringing some soup uh, when she came. So it was awesome. But yeah, so we're going to uh, record here. We have some some fun stuff to talk about tonight and some uh, other interesting things. And it's just going to be a great, tam- great, great time from a great team. Sorry about that. <laughs> Johnny is still on the road. He is in Jacksonville. Again. I Again. guess he's a big deal. Yeah. Been gone a lot. So um, we may. You know, or may not uh, hear from him at some point in the episode, but um, depends. He's on stage right now, so I'm trying to call him. But you know, go Johnny, go. Yeah, go Johnny, go. He's doing well. He's doing well. Uh, so, tell me about your week. How's your week been going? I worked. Yeah, it was good. That was it, huh? Well, we've done work and homework and volleyball practice and yeah. just kind of the normal life around here. Yeah, we did do volleyball at Sand Volleyball, sorry, Beach Volleyball that has sand uh, last night. And we were amazed. Our daughter, we've been giving her a lot of uh, pep talks, you know, about, because she's only 10 and she's out there usually with older girls about really going hard the whole practice, you know. And I think last night she finally did it. She did. She hustled hard, but she was wore slap out when she was done. She was absolutely exhausted. Um, and for anybody listening above the Mason-Dixon line, that means you were really tired. War slap out. I'm not sure I've heard of that. And I was war born. War slap out? I, I like war plum out. Plum out, too. Okay. Slap out. Tuckered out. Tuckered. Heard heard that one as well. Your mom says overdone. Yeah. I, I say that, too. Yeah. Said he was like, overdone. Like you're a pie that's you're gone just a, a little roast. too long. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm often overdone. Yeah, she did well though. It was good, um, and uh, yeah, it's been been this is it's been a good week. It's been a pretty good week. So, uh, you were talking to me earlier though. You had been you'd come across some interesting headlines, um, just kind of noticing what's going on in the world. You know, you really like to know what's going on in the world. I do. I'm a little mildly obsessed with weather. So, um, obviously, with Florence kind of bearing down on the East Coast, I've been glued to the Weather Channel a bit this week. Not the hurricane. It's our aunt coming to visit. So, she's bearing down on us. I don't I don't have a Florence in my family, I don't think. And I don't think you do either. Think do either. But, um, so, yeah. So, I've been glued to the Weather Channel a bit. But I find, like, the sites with, like, the weird news of the week or the weird science stuff. I just find it really fascinating. It is fascinating. I do think that we have to acknowledge, though, the mildly, I would remove mildly from the obsessed. Like, when hurricanes come, you are literally checking the pressure, the millibars. <laughs> like, you're doing so many things, and and it's constantly on, and it's like, oh, it, hey, it's still coming. You know, like, I know, I'm not trying, I sound so insensitive and disconnected from it. Some of this, I think, is the way we're made differently. But yes. I'm like, okay, hey, there's a hurricane coming. Man, let's say a prayer for those people. And if they're there, I hope they get out and maybe I can help send relief. But, like, I don't know. You you want to live every moment of it. Like, you want to say, oh, it's, it's moved two more miles. It's like, okay, it, yep, it's still a hurricane, you know. But I don't know. I think part of it is um, I really do like meteorology. Uh, I've 
always wanted to be a meteorologist when I was little. Like if it wasn't going to do nursing or be a doctor or something, I wanted to be a meteorologist. And I did not want to be a weather girl on the news. Let's just get that out there. I wanted to be like a scientist. Are you saying that weather girls on the news are not meteorologists? Not all of them. Now, some of them are, but a lot of them are not. I mean, like, you know. If your name is Stormy, um, I do kind of have suspicion that perhaps you're not a meteorologist. Hi, this is Rainy Day bringing you the weather. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would suspect your occupation is actually something different just yeah. based on name. But I don't know, though. But I, I think you'd have made a great weather girl, though. But listen, you could that. have brought you would have brought a whole other level of smart to the telecast. So, I mean, I think it would have been great. Well, it's not too sci- late, babe. They're scientists. I mean, and so I do think that it's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, I, I lived in Oklahoma when I was small. And so um, tornadic activity and things are fascinating to me. Um, and I realize that's probably a little macabre, but, uh, you know, I was an ER nurse too. So there's probably a lot of the dark in me. Yeah. I remember like when you were at the ER, you, you had that Everybody I know who works in any sort of emergency services, they, they're they there to help people, but there also seems to be a sense of, obviously, it's adrenaline and, and excitement in the moment of – in the moment that would terrify most people, they come alive because they're ready to spring into action. I mean, I don't even know what that would feel like. That's not – I mean, I do spring into action well, I think. You do. Because we've been around quite a few emergencies over the years and all the youth ministry and other things. Uh, but you, like, man, I mean, you're you're taking over. I'll never forget that time. That I think we have talked about this before, but that Tommy Trumbo fell out in a in a uh, one of our Sunday school classes or something, and man, like you leapt chairs. I think I hurled some chairs. Yeah, <laughs> and like threw everything out of the way and smacked him around and stuff. I did. That's not. what he says. I know, but yeah, we have Tommy on the podcast to uh, yeah corroborate his story. But yes, the hurricane and we do our thoughts and prayers do go out to all the people who are in the path of the hurricane hope that you are safe and making your way to safe places and if you had to stay there uh, and 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 be a part that you'll stay safe as well so well and we had the 9-11 anniversary this week as well and um, talking about people who you know sort of spring into action i am still always uh, amazed at the scenes from that day and the people who were literally running towards something that was obviously so catastrophic and yet you just still see them coming. And so there's this like sea of people going the other way and then there are people who are literally running into the face of danger. And so uh, while it is a very sad and somber day it always brings out in me such a sense of gratitude to those men and women that are our first responders or that are in our military and I think when there's any tragedy like even with Hurricane Florence which is obviously gonna you know be catastrophic in its own right whether it's you know financially or for farmland or for buildings um, I saw that there was a swift water rescue team from California who went ahead and deployed to uh the coast ahead of the storm so that they can be there. And I just think that's so um, fascinating. And it also just gives me, I guess, such just a sense of hope and 
in the human spirit that there are those people um, who are willing to sacrifice so much and who are willing to run into the face of danger. I'm not one of those people. I mean, if I see something happen, yes, I will spring into action, but I'm not a risk taker. I'm sort of risk adverse. And so I don't just like, oh, there's going to be an earthquake. So I'm going to go there and wait for it kind of person. No, you're right. They they are amazing people and we're very grateful. And you're grateful that people in the world are made that way or choose, you know, I don't know if you're always made that way. I think there is a sense of, or a certain amount of training that's required sure. to say, listen, I'm going to do this because I think it's right. Cause no one naturally, I think goes into danger, but when others, you know, I mean, if it's your child and other things, it's a little more natural, but yeah, I just think it's fascinating. And I'm very grateful as well. And I certainly remembered them this week and, and all the sacrifices since, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, that's the world that we're, we're in, but there are people doing great things in it. So. Yeah, and I think it's always so important to just uh, remember those things. I think it's so easy to look at all of the negativity and stuff that's in the world. But, um, you know, there's always these just awesome stories and stuff, too. And so I think part of it's just what you're looking for. Um, And so I I do. I tend to look for the... um, the fun and the good things in the middle of all of the crazy chaos and stuff in the world too. Yeah. So, but tell me about these new stories that you were referring to earlier. So you're kind of coming across these interesting stories that maybe you won't see on CNN or anything, but yet they are news in the world today. And I got to know. Yeah. So I, I do, I look for heartwarming stories and things, but then I also find these like just really bizarre stories and there's all kinds of news sites out there that you can look at. Um, one thing I found fascinating and number one, I find it fascinating that this place even exists, but apparently in Philadelphia, there is an, and I'll, I hope I say it right, an insectarium and butterfly pavilion. First of all, my grandfather was an insectarium. Uh, he came like out of the Methodists, I think. Yeah, was, no, oh, totally sorry. different sect. Um, I'm, <laughs> An insect, if you will. Hi-oh. I'm, I'm fascinated with the fact, number one, that anybody wants to go look at insects because you gross. Well, they have one of those at uh, at the zoo in Nashville. Yeah, it's like reptiles of, I mean, and it's a, insects. It's a bunch yeah. of other stuff. This is literally just a bunch of creepy crawlies <laughs> and then some pretty butterflies. But apparently in August they were robbed. And like 80 to 90% of all the insects were stolen from the facility. They know who did it. Like these people, I guess, were, I don't know, disgruntled, but they had like jerseys on and they took knives and put through their jerseys and put them into the wall when they left. But it's really like kind of scary because some of the insects that they stole were very, very venomous and one of them's like a spider that will make your body rot if it bites you like and not like a a brown recluse like two-thirds of your body like fall off it just nasty so it was intentional because my first thought is is i wonder if somebody had too much to drink and thought they were robbing a candy store you know what i'm saying like wow these are crunchy yeah no, no no okay i think they were employees um and i mean they're worth about fifty thousand dollars the insects Unbelievable. But I mean, granted, that's not a lot of money necessarily or not a big payday. Right, anyway, right. 50000 is not a lot of money. Maybe to you. I mean, it's it's not like they're, it's not like a heist of the Why does it always, Metropolitan Museum of Art or something. Why does it always have to be about class with you? Like, you have to always tell me how much, I mean. I wish this were YouTube so people could see my face right now. <laughs> Her eyes rolled so far back <laughs> that they came back around to the front. Yeah. 
Well, that's fascinating. That was in Philadelphia. Yeah. And so, but it was August and they still not solved the case. I wonder what the equivalent is of arson when you rob your own store because no one's coming to visit and see your insects. Like, I wonder, see, that would be interesting. But arson is, is when so you like, Right, but what's it called something? when you rob yourself? Is it just, I mean, obviously it's fraud, but... I don't know. They didn't rob themselves. Though. How do we know? They haven't caught them yet. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the fact that that spider might be roaming mm. around Philadelphia means that I probably will never go. Yeah. Not, not a, big, a city going to visit. Not a big fan of spiders for sure. I mean, like I'd go for the cheesesteak, but I'm staying away from the spider. Yeah. It reminds me of, I mean, did I read you that thing from my endorsement book about the snake? I, I'm sure. I that did. You the- <laughs> That there's the, Again, with the face. The old, the old saying about snakes that you you know it. Red touch. It's oh, about the coral snake and the yeah, king yeah, snake. Yeah, the red on yellow kill a fellow. Red on black venom lack. Yeah, mine. The endorsement version was like, um, I see a snake. Go grab a rake. Red, yellow, black. Whack, whack, whack. Like, <laughs> That's how I feel about snakes. We just don't mess around. Yeah, my favorite nickname that I see for snakes that people will post, like if somebody, you know, will get on Facebook or something and be like, what kind of snake is this? And then, you know, it's all the the craziness that ensues. But my favorite one is that people say that's a nope rope. And yeah, that's how I feel about them. That's a nope rope. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Not going to happen in in my house. What was that that other article you had read? Oh, gosh, I found all kinds of fascinating ones. Um, So a family in Mississippi uh, bought a kangaroo on an auction site, which... Number one, I did not know that you could purchase kangaroos Seems over illegal. the internet. Yeah, yeah, it does. It seems like that's really sketchy. But anyway, just like a Mississippi town, and they bought a kangaroo. They were giving the kangaroo a treat. Kangaroo is You know, the story's already funny right know, here. like it's hilarious. <laughs> but um, apparently the kangaroo was named Ricky. So <laughs> there have been lots of Ricky sightings. Only in Mississippi. What is his name, Ricky? So there's been lots of Ricky sightings. Oh, um, my gosh. One of them that cracked me up is that a woman uh, called the police and reported seeing a deer with very short legs, <laughs> which just made me laugh. Like, what? <laughs> really? A deer. A deer's legs were tiny, so it went and it just started walking on its hind legs. What was the title of the article? Was it Intelligence Down Under? Or no, was it? <laughs> it was not. It was like... Uh, Kangaroo gives owners the slip, fleas on foot or something. They missed it. There's some opportunities there. There was some opportunities. We could see what Johnny would come up with for this. Cause yeah, well, this is where we miss the funny. We're having to repeat funny news stories because we don't have the comedic element. No, that's not true. You're, we're very funny. I think we're very funny. Well, I'm glad that you think we're very funny. <laughs> I mean, we're not. Again, with the face. We're not on a stage in Jacksonville getting paid to be funny right no, now. No, not at like, all. We're sitting in our house yeah. and talking into microphones. But listen, I wouldn't want to talk. That just makes us pretentious. (laughs) We're just trying to be consistent. So this is true. One of the other articles that I found that I did think was really fascinating. um, Some bottlenose dolphins um, out in the wild are now walking on their tails. I mean, I guess technically it's not walking, but kind of like the thing that where they dance on their on their tail, like they've been taught to do in some of these shows like. um, Oh, what's the place? SeaWorld. Yeah, Yeah, I could see the picture in my head, but couldn't say the name. Uh, Apparently, there was a dolphin who was temporarily 
um, brought into a facility because it was in some highly polluted waters. And so they brought it in uh, to evaluate it, make sure that it was healthy and all these things. Well, it was near... I guess, a, a dolphin pool where they were showing where other dolphins that have, I guess, been born into captivity or who were rescued or whatever had been taught to do the trick of the, the whole tail thing. Right. And then this dolphin was just a temporary deal, and so they released it back out in the wild with no problem. Well, then, like, 11 dolphins out in the wild have been seen doing, like, the go in a circle on their tail. And apparently, uh, and I I guess it just shows, you know, that dolphins are pretty intelligent creatures, the dolphin that was temporarily in captivity learned it and then taught other dolphins in their pod how to do it. You are kidding. And that went back into the wild. Yeah. Wow. And so dolphins that were never in captivity, never near this, are doing it, which I just think is pretty fascinating. That is fascinating. But I would be so excited if I was at the beach and I saw that. I'd be like, yay, where's the popcorn? Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Very interesting. Very fascinating. Hey, you know, I have noticed, by the way, so you and I both, before we started, I sat down and realized like a blast of cold air was coming across my feet. And so like I had put on long sleeves, pants, and house shoes. You're wearing long sleeves, pants, and house shoes. shoes. Yeah. And like it reminded me of our friends, Matt and Linnea, who have stayed here multiple times, <laughs> uh, who are from Florida, who, who, yeah, I guess they're, they're very nice, but we went to stay in their house. We were on vacation last year. Did you say, I guess they were, they're very nice. We don't guess they are. No, 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 no. Very nice. I guess they were trying to be nice oh, by okay. not telling us the temperature of the house. Oh, yes, yeah. they're nice. Sorry. Uh, I, I stopped mid sentence without completing the thought, which is something that I do. Um, Often. but they, we went down to stay and we were just burning alive. Like at night we're just sweating. I mean, we and so we were like, man, it's, it's, y'all got it hot. And they looked at us and started laughing because when they stayed at our house, which it was in the dead of winter, because every time they came, they brought like a foot of snow. And we don't get a lot of snow around here. No, and now they've moved here. So we may be in trouble this right. year. Right. It could be crazy. And they said it was so cold here, like that they were grabbing blankets, covering their faces, just breathing out through a straw, basically, <laughs> under a pile of, nap- of napkins. <laughs> a pile of blankets. Napkins would be something totally different. And so. I just, I'm realizing now sitting here when we have to sit still and we're not under, because we do sleep under a lot of covers. And I think maybe we may have a problem. Like it's cold in here right now. I'm beginning to turn maybe their way. No, I'm comfortable. You're wearing long sleeves and pants. Everything is like t-shirt weight though. Well, what does that matter? Shouldn't we be here in shorts and a t-shirt? But if I had to go in the kitchen and cook right now or mop floors or vacuum, I'd be sweating. Are we in danger of that happening right now? Well, no, because I've already cleaned the kitchen. Well, that's my point then. So maybe we should turn the air up. I don't know. The air's on 73 right now. No. Yes. Are you sure? I'm positive. Well, then never mind. I stand corrected. All the 73 in the steward house, like that's frigid. They sleep at like 78. Yeah. No, but if we let it get that hot in the house, we'll never get it cooled off for sleep. Mm. And I do believe that 67 is the correct temperature for sleeping. Yeah. Well, hey, by the way, you know what happens tomorrow? It's Lene and Aubrey's birthday, and we're having a girls' day. Well, that's true. But tomorrow <laughs> is also Tennessee versus UTEP. Yes, So I need to is. get your thoughts on the state of the Tennessee program. We're not going to take a lot of time. I know all of our listeners don't enjoy. I have listeners who come to me and say, I really like the podcast. You know, I'm not really into UT football, but. So, I mean, I'm just going to say, look, our goal for you is to help you get into UT football. So do your best. Like, I know, and it may not be the thing that interests you, but. 
I promise you, it's going to enrich your life. Um, it's enriched mine. I so. think that it's another game where we're going to try to solidify some things. Um, I think Coach Pruitt's already said that he's going to play a lot of different guys this week, give them a look. Um, I think they're really st- still trying to figure things out on the O-line and um, trying to figure th- some things out in the secondary. So mm. we will see. Mm. You know, we lost our starting center, the Alabama transfer, for the year to an ACL injury. Yep. So they're still rotating guys on the offensive line. The offensive line is quite offensive in the way that they've been playing. (laughs) Like, it's not. It's not something. It's not pretty. And it's been the problem the whole time. Our skill players are... I mean, I'm telling you, the two quarterbacks both are playing well, Garantano and uh, Keller Christ, which, by the way, somebody came to me Sunday and goes, I heard heard you guys uh, have Jesus on your team. I said, really? You heard what? <laughs> well, I heard you had Jesus on your team. And I was like, oh, I, I, I wasn't aware. He goes, yeah, you got a guy. His last name is Christ. I mean, I think y'all might pronounce it Chris. It's, it's Keller Chris. And I said, well, let me tell you something. He's no savior. <laughs> but So you just proved my earlier point. Which was? We're not funny or comedians. I don't know. I kind of thought that was pretty funny. So. You can't see what's happening right now through someone's iPad, pod, and phone, and whatever device they're using to listen to this in Are their car. Are they still called an iPod? They still sell iPods. Really? I think. I don't know. I mean, yeah, they're out there. I found my old, like, the old one, the, no, the no touch screen. Yes, the wheel on it the other day. But anywho, yes, tomorrow, it's a, it's a, a riveting 11 o'clock game with UTEP that I believe did not win a single game, not only last season, but going into the season before. Yeah, and I won't be home to watch it tomorrow. And I know you're going to watch it without me, which is fine, but mm. just record it. Okay. I will. So that I can at least Will you bring back wings up. back with you when you come? I'm not going to a wing place. Well, honey, you're going to be in a car. They're everywhere. Maybe just get some weight. It's just such a game day tradition with us. I don't know why I can't lose this weight. <laughs> figure it out. Well, I do hope they figure some things out tomorrow. And, and to be honest with you, the pass rush is not – we have like two five-stars, and neither one of them have we've, – we've sacked the quarterback once in two games. So I'm a little worried. But Florida's coming. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little more next week. Oh, I'm sure we will. Yeah. I, Florida plays Colorado State tomorrow, and Colorado State just beat Arkansas last week and so there and they and then it, i took no small amount of pleasure it was a great pleasure in watching kentucky soundly beat florida last week no actually you took great pleasure it, it. was amazing because we may not win a game but boy to see florida it lose and i don't like kentucky but it was 31 years in yeah. a row so it was pretty amazing and uh it was awesome and anytime florida loses i'm pretty excited about it but so I don't even have a problem with it. I you're, don't think you're supposed to take delight in your enemy's failures. Well, I'm not going to call them purely enemy. Do I need to read the Psalms to you? <laughs> so saith the Psalm. I, I, I don't know if I'm taking... Listen, they take delight... Oh, this sounds like my child now. Well, they treated me that way. Yes, listen, yes, it does. I don't think in sports that these things apply. Like, I'm not wishing actual bad things upon them. I wouldn't call them enemies. Like, my good friend is a Florida fan, and we're going to watch his game and my game tomorrow. And I hope that they lose. But I love him. You know what I'm saying? So it, it'll be fun. It'll be yeah, fun. why don't you have Matt bring you wings? I don't need to bring you wings. Make Matt bring you I wings. I just like it when you bring them. Okay. So. I like him when you make them. Those I'm going to do the... that next Saturday for the Florida game. Nice. Those ones in the oven? Yes. Nice. Nice. I'll be needing those. I, 
would you like to tell them what happens to me whenever the game begins to go south, which it always does? <laughs> you eat. I do. It's like a – it's the way – if Johnny here is always say, listen, those guys out there in the field who are getting beat off the line. They can't eat, so we have exactly. to eat for them. They can't eat right then. They're working hard. Someone has to – we have to hold our own line, if you will. It's a buffet line, and we have to do our part. That's right. To continue to, to you know, be a, effective in the game, so – to be a lot of fun. So, all right, that's a UT talk uh, for this week. And I mean, you and I will talk a lot more off the air. I'm sure about it, but it's going to be fun. So, babe, we're coming up on a really special day in our life. September the 30th will be our 18 year anniversary. Mm-hmm. 18 years of marriage. Do you feel like it's? Do you feel like it's been 18 years? Does it feel like it's been short, or does it feel like it's been long? Well, I mean. We've been married for 18. We'll have been together for 20 years. I don't know. I mean, 20 years seems like this massively big number. So in that sense, I don't feel like we've been together. But, I mean, that's like truly half my life at this point. Um, I mean, we've packed a lot of stuff into 20 years. But I don't know. Just saying 20 years just seems strange. Right. It's like the thing you hear your parents say. Yeah. Yeah, and like we're coming up on that time where we will have been married longer than we were alive before we were married. Yeah, and that's just weird. Yeah, that's crazy. Because I and I don't know. I guess it's because childhood and then you know middle school and then high school and college. Like it, there's just like all these things before, and then when you're married, you're just married. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really excited though. So we were supposed to be going to Boston. We were, but it's just too yeah. much. We've just had craziness around here. Yeah, so we canceled our Boston trip, and then we were going to go. We were going to go second. We were just going to go up to um, Louisville, Kentucky, for yeah. a couple days. Do you want to tell them why? Do you really want to tell them the real reason you wanted to go back to Kentucky? Oh, so here's the deal. We needed to go if we were going to go somewhere close. We needed to go somewhere in the general direction of the Zappos Shoe Outlet, <laughs> um, and oh shoot, I forget the name of the town in Kentucky. Does it really matter? Um, well, other people might want to go. It's amazing. So here's the deal. With Zappos, you get free shipping and free returns. And so you can get a whole bunch of shoes from Zappos and try them on in the privacy of your own home. Decide which ones you want to keep and then send the other ones back for free, which is fabulous. But once you do that, Zappos can't sell shoes as new. So there's this fabulous outlet in Shepherdsville, Kentucky. I remembered the name. And it's amazing, and I consider it like a destination. So I don't need a destination wedding. I just need a destination anniversary to the shoe store. This is what 18 years looks like. That's right. You know what I'm saying? We're not not going to Hawaii. We're we're literally going to a shoe store in Kentucky. And I'm fine with that. in In a town in Kentucky that off the top of your head you'll not be able to recall, like, Listen, it's fun. Actually, I really love road trips with you. Yeah. yeah so we're we, going to take a road trip. Yeah. We're going to have a good time. Uh, listen to some 90s music, probably. probably. You think so? Probably. Are you up for it this time? Oh, or are you yeah. going to want to go all worship music this time? I know. I'm sure we'll listen to 90s music. I'm, I don't know. We'll probably listen to a lot of things. <laughs> and then, but we are not staying in Louisville because it turns out. Like Louisville's the hottest town in the world, apparently, in late September. And so hotel rooms were like $400 yeah. a night and everything was sold out. And I was afraid we couldn't get dinner. We're talking like Holiday Inn Express was like 350 Yeah, no, like, it was we're crazy. Not, yeah. not like nice hotels. Yeah. 
So we're going to drive further than that into Indiana to um, – <clears throat> what's the name of the one we're going to? West uh, Baden. West Baden, yeah. yeah. It's, so it's French Lick, Indiana is the name of the town. It's where Larry Bird is from. Yeah, and then uh, there's like an old hotel built around the, t- the turn of the – 19th century. century. Yeah, so at the turn of the century, it uh, was a destination. Well, it was a bottling um, area because there are natural springs there. And so artesian water was a, you know, a thing supposed to have healing properties and stuff. So it was a bottling area. But people, um, it was built as a resort for people like escaping the summers and vacationing that were wealthy, like from Chicago and things. Yeah. Yeah. And you went there last year with some girlfriends. We did. Yeah. um, For my 40th. Uh, about said my 40th anniversary. My 40th anniversary of <laughs> my birth. You got some explaining to do. The 40th anniversary of my birth, <laughs> also known as my 40th birthday. Um, you sent me away with some of my best girlfriends, and we had an awesome weekend. Well, so, but you've never been, and so right. I, I did think it was a pretty cool place. So I'm excited to go back for yeah, a couple days because it's very historical and, and has a lot of like gardens and stuff. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. So well, and yeah. I find that you know it's. One of those things about, I think one of the best parts about being married is that um, even if I get to experience something without you, like on a business trip or like this trip that you sent me on with my girlfriends and stuff, I just want to experience it with you. So yeah. like, I want to show you what we saw and those kind of things. And um, so, yeah, so I'm excited to go back. I'll never forget my trip to Iceland. We've been married not even a year yet. No. And yeah. I spent almost a month there on a missions trip from that my scholarship at Tennessee played for. And it was so amazing and the the glaciers and geysers and and all the amazing just it's where the European um continental plate touches the North American and so I like one foot in North America and one foot in Europe and all these things and it was amazing and it but I just wanted you to experience it. So I get exactly what you're saying. Like it was Less to me because of that. Well, sure. Yeah, no, and that's, I think, one of the best parts of marriage. I mean, we've done a few things individually, like I have been to Ecuador and to Venezuela um, before you and I met. And so those trips were amazing. And I did the same thing on the equator, you know, north and Mm -hmm. and south. And so um, that's pretty cool. And, like, I've been to Montreal on business, and you didn't get to go with me there. And I absolutely loved Montreal. So that's another um, trip we'll have to revisit. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I hope you get. I hope you get sent up there again. So, I am reminded though of how you know since we're coming up with anniversary, how how we how this all happened. So, do you remember? I mean, it's a dumb question. Surely you remember how <laughs> I proposed? I do remember how you proposed. So back in those days in college, like before I was ever writing, you know, because I really don't write a lot of music anymore. But that's what I started with was writing. I was in a band writing songs and not good songs most of the time. Cue um, the words, Jesus is the bomb. I did not write a song. Listen, you did write a song. Called Jesus is the bomb. I did not. We're being funny. It never happened. We never played anything like that. But Frog in the Kettle did. That was a different thing. Well, we were writing sermon songs. So our drummer had a sermon about, anyway, it doesn't matter. Listen, I'm not saying that we were that good or talented, but Johnny was talented. So, and, and the rest of the guys were too. At any rate, I wrote a song to propose to you, uh, and and it, and it worked because you said yes. So apparently, the song, you know, and I played it at our wedding. It was a big deal. So we had kind of this theme. You yeah, know. It was beautiful. Well, thank you. Um, and so, <clears throat> cue uh, fast forward to about eight years later when we 
were you were pregnant with Sadie. I was just there. Yes, we yeah. were not pregnant. I was very much pregnant. And so I had this big plan because on these major moments in life, you know, when I marked them with music kind of thing. And so I had this big plan that after Sadie was born, so I worked for like six months. I wrote a song and then I went out and I tracked it and my friend Jeffrey Holland helped me produce it. And then I went out and found like this country, uh, it's really great really great vocalist like this guy who lays demos in nashville and, and was an artist and i had him come in and lay and did all this in secret you know during those the time of pregnancy when i was in the bed at seven thirty at night because i was exhausted right and so then i had this big like these visions of of grandeur about what was going to happen so i was going to come play you this song uh and so i actually i don't know if you if you know this i've actually pulled that song into the uh our, our production software. And I thought just so we can tell, because the, the story is going to end maybe differently than your listeners are expecting. But would you find it? It's a little embarrassing for me because I don't know. It's, it's not that great of a song. Like I don't really do country at all, <laughs> but uh, I thought it might be kind of fun, you know, to, to look back because this was now 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, since this song and since we're coming up on 18th. So I want to play this song and, and no, you got to play the whole song. It's a story song. And okay. the deal was, so my friend Seth, who will, who's a listener, Yay, we were Seth. we were out uh, at church, and and he looked at you, and you were pregnant, and he said, "Isn't it crazy that there's another heartbeat that's beating inside of you right now, besides your own?" And I was like, "Ooh!" So that gave me like the inspiration. He always has told me that. So Seth was your inspiration. <laughs> Seth was the inspiration for the I song was I wrote, and Seth was your inspiration. So yeah. So anyway, I told this, and if you and our listeners don't know, like you had a brain aneurysm. I did. And when we were engaged, and we almost lost you, and went through this whole thing. So I kind of wrote this song that was like our story, but of course it's country, so it had to be Johnny. You know, it couldn't have been John. Uh, and so kind of wrote the whole story of how you know that went down. And so this is called. Uh, I mean, I'm a little embarrassed, but I'm going to do it anyway because I like making fun of myself. This is called My Heart's Beating for Two. Saving them all for you, you know it. 
So yeah, mandolin was in there. I love a good mandolin. <laughs> that guy really could sing well. Oh yeah. Well, in songs like this, let's just point this out. Songs like that have done really, really well. Like There Goes My Life. I think that might be Kenny Chesney. Not sure. But songs along this kind of thematic genre have done really well since you wrote this song. I mean, those this song was well before those songs. So Yeah. Well, I mean, 
Yeah, mine didn't do well. No, I'm just saying right. I said I said whale. Whale. W H A L E. Well. No, you know, and I, I I did actually try to pitch that. I think I pitched it to one place. And it wasn't a serious pitch. It was like a friend of a friend of a friend. Well, and so if there's a listener out there yeah. who has a connection right. and wants to record this, we'd be happy to option it. Yeah, absolutely. It <laughs> may still need another writer to come on board too. <laughs> sort of tighten it up a little bit in yeah. places. But I just, you know, that was fun. And so the deal was I snuck this DVD, sorry, this CD player I don't even say CD anymore, you know, because it's been so long, into the hospital, you had to have a C-section. I did. And so... And for anybody wondering, a C-section is a major surgery. Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't minor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I had that. I remember they had the uh, the curtain up, and I stayed on the other side with you. And, of course, you're awake and everything, and... Like the table's shaking. And you don't mean a curtain. You mean the sterile guard yeah. in the surgery suite. Yeah. yeah. And you were looking at me and you're like, it feels like they're tickling me. I was like, honey, they ain't tickling you. <laughs> <laughs> like, and so Sadie was doing great. You were doing great. I was very grateful. So the, they brought Sadie back into the room and. and They'd and, had her in the nursery for that little small right. period of time. And I carried her down there. And yeah. to uh, get her cleaned up and everything. And so they'd put me back in a normal room uh, post-op. Yeah. And so, like, finally, you know, because they had a lot of family around stuff, which is awesome. We needed every single one of them. But for a moment, it was just us three. It was like, oh, yeah, this is it. Like, I have these, again, I'm going to make this moment. So I break out the CD player. I'm like, hey, babe, I want you to listen to something. You're holding the baby. And I start playing this song. I'm on high doses of pain meds at this point. Well, at this point was the moment that one of those pain meds decided to subside. And you became like literally as I pushed play, you suddenly like turned white as a sheet and became like started broke out in a cold sweat. By about the course, you began like dry heaving and trying not to. I think you threw up. But I had to grab the baby from you real fast so you didn't vomit on her. Well, and I didn't successfully get her transferred in time. It was terrible. And so literally, like, we had this big throw-up moment that I had planned for this big thing. (laughs) And then we never – and it, like, forever, we never really went back. Like, it was never a time and now in 10 years to, like, go, oh, that song – like that's when I realized how much different having children was going to be from oh, getting married. Yeah. <laughs> like changes everything. Like, there's no time for that now. <laughs> now, now we're just going to not sleep and recovery. And, and you know, but anyway, that was just yes, a f- so that lovely, precious moment that you had imagined in your yep. head literally got covered in vomit. <laughs> it did. It did. And and yeah. So you begin changing your expectations. What was that quote we heard the other day? About oh, expectation. I loved this. And I'm trying to think it was, uh, I think that it was on a podcast with Suzanne Stabil, who yeah. is a Enneagram uh, teacher. And I don't remember if she said it or if her guest said it, but they made the comment that every expectation is just um, not disappointment. It resentment. Is, is resentment waiting to happen. And Oh my goodness, that was just like, whoa, light bulb moment. One of those moments where you go, oh yeah. And so uh, it was really interesting. I think I've used it like five times in yeah, conversations since it's then. it's so applicable. It's so real, yeah. Your expectations, whether it's marriage or other places, because I think that we're just built as people that we dream ahead. We do. 
like, you know, we're going to think about what it's going to be like. And Sadie has a horrible case of it. Like she's the, she's a lot like me in that respect, but she is so super disappointed in things that went really well because in her mind, she believed her expectation was going to be reality. And, right. and if there's any differentiation from it, uh, you know, then she really, really struggles. But I think she comes by that honestly, because obviously I've had expectations that were not, you know, the same. I think in relationships, it's such a key, it's such a key component that we don't realize with people. And think about how many weddings, you know, that I've done and that you and I've been in, doing counseling together in with people. I've just come to the place now, like we just booked a wedding this week and I just told them, I said, listen, we're not going to get you ready for this. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I think especially in marriage, you know, there's either expectation when you're going into marriage, there's an expectation of one of two things. Either nothing's ever going to change. It's going to be just like it is in that moment. Or maybe there are things about it that you're kind of going in with some knowledge already and you're like, oh, but we'll get married and then that will change. So there's yeah. either an expectation that things will change um, because there's things maybe that you don't like about the person or you'll fix in them um, or there's an expectation that things will never change. And if you have either of those notions, you really are resentment waiting to happen because things will change um, and they won't always necessarily change for the better. No, absolutely. It It is a, and I know we probably said it before, but all those vows you take are for change. Yeah, absolutely. That's why they're made that way. They're for your sickness and in health. They're, you know. Better, in, worse, it, right. Right. They're not meant to be stagnant, uh, stationary things, but you want, we want, we like the wedding photos. We like those moments that are captured in time. We like that idea. And I think it's because maybe in the modern culture, everything is is an Instagram photo or a short video or a movie right. even. I'm going to get this 60-minute or this hour and 50-minute like snippet into this amazing story and then credits roll, and I don't really see what life is like after that. It's the happily ever after type idea. And so we really expect that, not realizing that no matter how happy or sad things were yesterday, today has its own life cycle. It's going to be a different ballgame, and, and your expectation could get in the way of you having the perspective either to learn from it or uh, to get through it. Right. <laughs> because no matter what you're facing, it's going to change. So you may just need to persevere, or you may need to stop and smell the roses of that moment because no matter which one it is, it's not going to stay the same. Right, yeah. We don't live um, a sitcom existence, and I think a lot of people – uh, would love it if we did, if things just kind of resolved themselves in 30 minutes or an hour. Although I think that they're, um, I don't know, maybe we're getting a little better in some ways as a culture wanting to hold some things in tension because I do think there are some things that are really popular right now, like This Is Us is about to come back right. on, and um, that is definitely a show that holds things in tension and doesn't resolve them in um, an episode. And so... It's kind of interesting, but yeah, I loved that quote and I have used it a bunch because it certainly has made uh, a lot of sense for me. Well, again, to your, your reference of this is us, I, I love it when a show demonstrates that even the heroes are broken. Oh yeah. You know, and that everybody in the story has a brokenness because you really do assume in the beginning, that like Kevin, you know, he, he looks the part. He has the success. He has the money. He has the fame. And he may be the most broken one on right. there. You know? Well, and even Jack, I mean, in the show, the the dad is such the, the hero dad. I mm -hmm. mean, his 
kids, you know, and his wife. But then as the show goes on, you do begin to see Jack's flaws and, and all of those things. Um, and so, yeah, it's really interesting. I'm looking forward to it coming back on. Oh, me too. Me too. I, I just think wherever you are in your life, if you're listening, all things work college that's a big one people really have that idea of what college is going to be like and, oh, yeah. it's, and it's not you know it, it it's going to be different it may not be better may not be worse it's going to be both better and worse and different um but relationships as well you've really been teaching me honey a lot lately about the value of longevity you know what happens in life when you have the opportunity you don't always have the opportunity or it may not be the best choice but there are things that are different i think for us at 18 years Sure. Um, some easier, some not always. We're still discovering. I think we're still changing so much right now. And you're – it's funny. I have bought now an Enneagram book myself <laughs> without telling you and I've listened. I'm listening and, and I told you the other day like, I mean, it's not getting in some fad. And, and if you really listen to the people who are talking about Enneagram who teach it on a deep level, they're like, this has been around for centuries and centuries and it is a fad for a lot of people. But what they're really about and what the, the, the purpose of – of all this is, is there are some things if I don't learn, not, I already may know them about myself, but if I don't begin to understand the motivations for why those things are true, then I'm kind of just, I'm not, and they use that term a lot. I'm not doing the work. Right. Like I'm not doing the work for myself. And I think that there's some, I have some friends who just say, well, Hey, you know, I already know all those things about myself and, and, and really what's, what's the point, you know, what's the purpose of that? And, and, I think that for me, I kind of was lazy like that for a long time. Well, look, this is who I am. This is going to be what it is. But I want to do the work, not just to improve myself, but to know myself so that you can know me better and so that I don't put up these walls and these other things that are constant patterns that we always you know, re-engage all the time. And yet we, every time, feel surprised and our expectation is, well, sure. your expectation is I'm not going to do that. Well, now I'm starting to tell you, hey, I'm going to do this. <laughs> you might as well expect it. Let's find healthy ways for us to get through that or right. avoid that. And you've done a, a great job of teaching me that. Well, I think we can be observers of ourselves or we can be participants. And yeah, at least for me, for a long time, I have been sort of a passive observer of some things. Um, and so doing the work to really sort of say, okay, I don't just want to observe these things. I want to participate in them. Uh, has been very, very healthy for me. I think that, you know, marriage is obviously an area that there's a lot of expectations. I think that adult friendships are another area that are just, they're difficult. Um, and we have a lot of expectations because they're not like, you know, high school and college, you've got the benefit of proximity. Uh, you go to school with somebody every day, you see them and things. That's just not how adult life works right. for the vast majority of us. Um, you have your own spouses, your own children, your own careers and things. And so, um, yeah, just learning to be a, an active participant in my feelings and maybe identify expectations has been so good for me. Um, and not just to identify my own expectations, but then to try to see life through the lens of the people yeah. that I am in relationship with, whether that's marriage or friendship or whatever, if I can see through their lens a little bit, it can then refocus my expectation or 
at least to hone that expectation so that it doesn't become resentment. Um, Because resentment's probably, I mean, I hate to admit it, but that's probably a real easy go-to move for me um, is to have resentment. But uh, doing some work to know myself a little bit better and to know the people that I really care about better has done, um, it's just already paid such huge dividends in my life in um, moving me out of a place of resentment. And I think if you can reduce resentment, then you can reduce bitterness. And I think overall, it's just pretty healthy. I like the word reduce because I think there's this expectation that we have and, and that brings resentment from people that working on myself or learning myself means that you want me to, to fix all this. So none of it ever happens. Again. Oh, I don't think there is yeah. any fixing it. I think and it's not all bad. It may just be the way that you're made right. in some ways. I think that the goal is not necessarily to fix. Um, I think the goal is to diminish and like every area of our life, the whole goal is to move from a place of unhealth to health. Well, and you get that, that, uh, question a lot. I can't believe the number of people who are constantly texting you and calling you about Enneagram and other things. And they'll always want to know well, which number's best or, or, you know, which one is your favorite. And I think the thing I've heard from the things I've listened to and from you is that, look, every single one is equal and fine. And every single one has a healthy, they, it has an average and it has an unhealthy place. And that that's how we're all made. Exactly. Like no one's better than the other. Although society will lift up, you know, things that I think we need to take back to ground zero. And so I'm coming to a place where I'm not trying to fix people and I don't really feel that offended, especially if I know somebody well, like I want to know how they're made and I can love them with that. And I can also do my best to help position our conversation or, or interaction in a way that's going to benefit both of us, you know, instead of, always being upset about something that's either healthy or sometimes it's the healthy thing in them that makes me upset. Right. You know, it's the thing that they get better than I do because it's, it's rubbing up against my unhealthy, you know, uh, system or, or way of looking at the world. Well, and I think, you know, I'm so far from being an expert and I don't think that Enneagram is like the only thing that you can use or the only tool out there. I think it's one tool. And I think the idea is just to use something. Um, I, I think the important thing to remember in all of it is that it's, you know, it's, God's work in us that brings us to that place of health. And it's really the job of, you know, in the work of Jesus, um, to be redeeming all things. And that includes us. And so, um, learning these things about yourself is just, um, it's not, we may be again, participating in the work, but it's Christ who does the work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's so important. We make room. We get the opportunity in our roles yeah. to, is to make room or not make room, but we can't make change. Right. You know? But we can't fix things. I mean, people spend their entire lives trying to fix, fix themselves, fix their appearance, fix their yeah. mile time, fix their whatever. Um, you can do the work, but, um, you know, make room for the work. But it's Christ who ultimately completes and finishes those things. Oh, absolutely. Well, I look forward to uh, the next uh, 18 years and beyond with you, darling. And uh, I probably won't write any more country songs. So um, I, mean, I, I think that's probably a good idea. <laughs> unless this one takes off. So, But I will write you some more books. Well, you don't that? have to write me another song. If this one takes off, you could just buy me something nice with the proceeds. <laughs> How about some shoes at the uh, Zappos at, outlet? At the Zappos outlet. Yeah, it'll be great. Maybe I'll post some pictures of my <laughs> shoe finds. <laughs> Inquiring minds. Absolutely. Well, hey, guys, thanks so much for listening. It's been a fun episode, babe. Yeah. We, uh, we pulled off the uh, home experiment 
And I appreciate you always being a part. So. Well, and I hope for all our listeners that Johnny is back soon. <laughs> we for love having you. For everybody's sake. <laughs> we love having you. So Johnny and I are actually working on some new technological advances that are going to cause he and I to be able to uh, host as well and still have you as well. But while he's on the road, I think we found a, a pretty simple solution if we can just make his time work. So, But we're always grateful that you guys listen, that you share, that you tell your friends about it, that you leave us comments. You can send us more questions. We're getting to uh, have that extra segment of Ask John and Johnny. So we'd always love to have you involved in that. But uh, be sure to, again, let, let this be known to people if something made a difference for you and, uh, and you enjoyed it, then let someone else know about it. But as always, we're so grateful for you listening. We'll see you next time on... Talk about that. Two weeks old in an iron lung, which is, you know, like a sealed oxygen unit. Um, fighting for my life, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe properly, I, and apparently I didn't make a sound um, from the day I was born because my lungs were all messed up. That's Martin Smith of Delirious sharing a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshippers. Join us weekly to hear songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on LifeAudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.